Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Believe in Brewers, our podcast dedicated to Milwaukee Brewers baseball. I am Kevin Holden, sports director of CBS 58 in Milwaukee. And uh, look, we're going to be one of those uh, podcasts like a TV show that uh, is just going to jump right into the drama, apparently. There is no easing in to this Brewers podcast. In episode one, we were talking about the Brewers before the trade deadline, and we spent a lot of time going into Josh Hader and how Hader was hopefully not a candidate to be traded. The Brewers were hoping to be competitive, and the thought was that Hader gives the Brewers a competitive advantage that uh, that they wouldn't have, obviously, if uh, he was not on the roster. Well, it's episode two of the podcast. The trade deadline has passed, plus roughly 48 hours or so, and a lot has taken place all surrounding Josh Hader. The Brewers uh, swapped Hader to the San Diego Padres the day before Major League Baseball's trade deadline. That was Monday, uh, the day off before the team was in Pittsburgh. And the return for Hader is four players, except now it's only three players because one of those has been designated for assignment. So Taylor Rogers comes back to the Brewers. You're talking about a left-handed pitcher whose stats are actually fairly similar to Hader's. And remember, Josh Hader struggled quite a bit leading up to the All-Star break. He had otherworldly numbers before that point. But taken as a whole, Taylor Rogers' numbers and Josh Hader's numbers this year, not that far apart. I don't think anyone is saying that Taylor Rogers is Josh Hader. Uh, Hader is still the elite closer, one of the best in the game. But David Stearns was hoping at least to get something back that he could put in the ninth inning and has that with Taylor Rogers. The other uh, Major League Ready player is Denelson Lamette, a starting pitcher who was fourth in the Cy Young voting just two years ago, but had struggled to an ERA over nine in 2022 and had dealt with some injuries. Well, the thought at the time was that maybe David Stern saw something in Denelson Lamette that he could work with. Look, if there's one guy in Major League Baseball that is able to bring players into his organization and turn them around in a short time span, it is David Stearns. Remember Drew Pomeranz and how absolutely effective he was post-trade deadline as a Milwaukee Brewer? He looked like a different pitcher. Pitch usage is part of it. The Brewers, of course, heavy in the analytics, and they do a great job of helping pitchers along in the pitching lab, showing them what to throw and when to throw it. And uh, it's in some pitchers' cases, it tends to make them better. So maybe Denelson Lamette was that person. Well, then came Wednesday and the news that the Brewers had designated Denelson Lamette for assignment. So there's a lot of schools of thought about this. David Stearns actually had a comment about the trade and said that uh, the acquisition of Lamette was really, as he called it, to balance the trade. And what he means by that is to balance the money exchanging hands in the trade because Josh Hader was going to San Diego and had a contract roughly equal this year to uh, Rodgers and Lamette, the two major league players involved. So that's what he's talking about. It's an exchange of money, keeping the money even. But then Stern said that as transactions went on, the Brewers had a little trouble finding a spot where Denelson Lamette could uh, fit in in the 40-man roster, fit in at the big league level, and that's why he was designated for assignment. They could not send him down because he had accrued five years of major league service time by the time the Brewers acquired him. So it's a little complicated, but... The bottom line of it is there was not room for Denelson Lamette. Uh, the acquisition of, uh, of Trevor Rosenthal and Matt Bush 
these guys had basically taken up spots that uh, Stearns had set aside for that bullpen. So Lamette will not have a spot on the team unless he clears waivers and heads down to AAA, decides to stay with the organization. The crazy part about it is Denelson Lamette can choose not to do that. He can choose to uh, refuse his assignment. He has enough Major League Service time to uh, refuse the assignment. And might end up back with the Padres. Who knows? He could end up with anybody if he becomes a free agent. So that part of it is interesting. Now, the other half of what Stearns got in the hall for Josh Hader has to do more with the future. Estieri Ruiz is an outfielder, a very speedy outfielder, who stole 60 bases in the minor leagues this year. Well, that's encouraging. That's something that leads you to think that Estieri Ruiz would have a chance uh, as a, a regular or a semi-regular in the Brewers' uh, major league outfield, or perhaps a little bit around the infield, too. He has played multiple positions. The Brewers do have a need in center field. Here's the issue with that. In this moment, in 2022, the Brewers trying to do something now to hang on to first place and succeed now. Ruiz has 23 at-bats at the big league level with the Padres this year. So, we're not talking about someone with a ton of experience. He could help the team, but there will be mistakes as rookies make uh, You know, when they come up to the major leagues. Very few exceptions to that rule. So Ruiz could be a guy who could help you right now, but he doesn't bring you veteran experience in center field. He's, he's a guy that could have some growing pains along the way. And uh, the uh, uh, minor league prospect, Gosser, the left-handed pitcher who's pitching at uh, Fort Wayne, has certainly put up some impressive numbers. That uh, is something to look at for a few years down the road. So clearly the thought on David Stern's part was if he was going to maximize a return for Josh Hader, he was going to get something that could help the team now and something that could help the team later. And this goes back to this existential crisis that has come out of this Josh Hader trade. There are a lot of uh, what's the term I'm looking for? A lot of angsty Brewers fans right now <laughs> with the idea that Josh Hader, an elite closer, leaves the Brewers while they're in first place, while they're in a, a race to win the NL Central crown and, and go deep into October, deep into the postseason. It's a difficult thing, and David Stearns called it a difficult decision. But it brings this existential crisis to light, which is Stearns said in his press conference Monday after trading Hader, that uh, Mark Adonacio and the Brewers fan base don't want to tolerate extended periods of losing baseball. That is to say, long rebuilds are not something that, uh, that the Brewers organization has in mind. The Kansas City Royals model, the one that built World Series teams in 2014 and 2015, but is now showing you a team that's at the bottom of the barrel of Major League Baseball in 2022, that's not a road that's in the Brewers' mission statement. David Stern said it right off the top when he was first hired way back then. Uh, his uh, the mission statement was to consistently compete for championships. Okay, that sounds great. At the time he said that, the Brewers had made four playoff appearances in their history. They've made four since he made that statement. So the idea of consistently competing has been a success for David Stearns and company. They now have four consecutive playoff appearances, and barring a collapse in 2022, they'll be in the postseason for a fifth consecutive time. But there's a bit of a cap that comes with losing an elite piece, a difference-making piece, off of a first-place team in a situation where they're trying to compete in the now. And that is to say, the Brewers without Josh Hader are probably not as good a team as the Brewers with Josh Hader in this moment. I, in fact, I don't need to say probably. They're pretty much not as good a team as they would have if Josh Hader were still on that roster. So 
if they make the playoffs this year and they get bounced a little bit earlier like they have, they lost to the Atlanta Braves last year and you know the stories of the years before, if that happens again, if the norm is an 86-win season, the occasional divisional championship <clears throat> and, uh, and a first-round exit in the playoffs or an early exit in the playoffs, is that good enough? Because that is consistently competing. There is not an extended period of losing baseball in that group. David Stearns, in that way, has done his job very well. He values players well. He knows how to bring guys along in the minor league system, the proper things to value that get results in the major leagues. That part is there. But if it is 86, 87 wins and an early playoff exit time after time, at what point do you have to change the expectation? At what point do you change the mission statement? Or do you? And there's where the existential crisis comes in. If you're a Brewers fan and you don't feel uh, very well about this hater trade, and a lot of Brewers fans don't, rightfully so. It's difficult to go through the process, but if you adjust your thinking, if you adjust your mindset to the idea that instead of consistently competing, you'd rather see the team go all in, you'd rather see them try to win a World Series you know, when the window is good and be bad when the window is not there, that's a little bit different than what the directive is for David Stearns right now. That's the tough part about this, <clears throat> because if the directive stays the way it is, this isn't the last time the Brewers are going to lose some sort of very talented player, even a year or more before the end of their contract, simply because of the economics of what they want to do. To consistently compete means to continually get back maximum value instead of just writing Josh Hader out for the rest of this year or even all of next year, and just letting him walk at the end of the year. The idea that you have to get that value back means it's a hit against the team to start this year. Well, in the, I'm saying in the, in the pennant drive for this year. And there were a couple of other acquisitions. Matt Bush is 36. Uh, he's been a Texas Rangers pitcher uh, for the last several years. Uh, in between, there were some injuries in there, but uh, he's been at least an effective member of the bullpen again at 36 you're not expecting someone to jump out and be elite or anything, but he can help out the bullpen. Trevor Rosenthal, the number that jumps out for him is 12.1. That is the uh, strikeouts per nine for his career. And back in 2014, 2015, when he was the Cardinals closer and saving 40 plus games a year, uh, you're talking about a guy who was pushing elite status for a little while in the game. That was also seven or eight years ago. He's 32 years old, but he still throws hard, and those strikeout numbers have always been very, very high. David Stearns values that and sees Rosenthal, if he can get healthy, as a guy that can help out in the bullpen. The trouble is the last two years have not been kind to Trevor Rosenthal. Thoracic outlet syndrome in 2020, a hip issue in 2021, a hamstring in 2022. So he's got to get some things sorted out. He's got to get his body right if he can, uh, you know, wants to help this Brewers team this season. And I don't think it's going to be something beyond this year. I think this is a 2022 or bust project when we're talking about Trevor Rosenthal. So that was the Brewers trade deadline. Tuesday, they were in Pittsburgh. And you probably have heard at this point the reaction of players in the locker room to the hater trade. Here is the other element of the economics and the, and the system and the directive of the way the Brewers have handled what they're doing. This is the other thing that goes on. Trading hater, getting value back, there is uh, 
an intelligence to it, a logic to it, a system to it. But from a human standpoint, it can be very, very difficult. And it's not just the fans that are affected by this. The players in their reaction before Tuesday's game told you everything you needed to know about the club, their own reaction, the clubhouse reaction, the human element to losing someone like Josh Hader. Devin Williams, I mean, he was his, his facial expression said a lot, but his, his very few words also said a lot about uh, his disdain for the loss of his friend Josh Hader in the bullpen. And there were other players, Brandon Woodruff said when he first heard about the trade, he thought it was a joke. It is a different situation if you are a player on the 2022 Brewers because you've spent every day working toward a common goal. And unlike the front office, this common goal is to win the 2022 World Series. That's what the Brewers of this year have been trying to do since they gathered in Phoenix for spring training. The players have gathered around that goal. They've been working toward that goal, improving and finding the pieces that fit, finding the chemistry that fits for that goal. This is what teams do every year in every clubhouse all around baseball. But it is difficult when you work toward that goal and then another goal that's sort of crossways to what you're thinking ends up taking place. And that is to say David Stearns has the tough job of thinking about 2025 in the economics of baseball, knowing that he can't sign Josh Hader, knowing that he should get some return. And when that happens, this group, the 2022 Brewers, who want to win this year, lose one of their better pieces to help them win this year. They're upset and it's understandably uh, the case. And unfortunately, the first two games in Pittsburgh did not go the Brewers' way. I, I'm not much about tying those two things together. It was a little bit disconcerting to see Devin Williams give up a game-winning home run to Brian Reynolds in game two of that series, an 8-7 Brewers loss, that game uh, happening on Wednesday. But this, this is not a fall apart of the season in my mind. In a 162-game season, there are ups, there are downs, there are times when a team is feeling great, there are times when a team is feeling very bad. So uh, I, that I don't think is any different in the case of the hater trade. A two- or three-game winning streak could probably knock that portion out of it if you were worried long-term about the morale. I don't know if that's something that can hang that long over this team. I think there's a competitive difference without Josh Hader there. Taylor Rogers will help that some. But I don't – people talk about a collapse and talk about this team completely falling apart. I'm not 100% sure that's the case. They're still built relatively well outside of that ninth inning role. Still to this point, the thing that the Brewers need more than anything else is health in the starting rotation. If you have a healthy Corbin Burns, if you have a healthy Brandon Woodruff and a healthy Freddie Peralta – and by the way, Freddie Peralta pitched on Wednesday through close to 70 pitches – Gave up a couple of runs, but you could see the zip on the fastball. If he's healthy on top of Burns and Woodruff, you have three elite difference-making starting pitchers. And I just I cannot emphasize it enough, Brewers fans. If you want to remember what it's like to not have that, think of the other postseason runs that this team used to make. And I'm not talking just the teams that made the postseason. I'm talking about the ones that didn't because they didn't have those pitchers in the back end of the rotation, or for that matter, at the front end of the rotation in some years. So that is still where they win and where they lose. The offense did not improve at the trade deadline with the exception of Ruiz, and I think there could be a cause for concern. The offense has gone into extended slumps, and if one of those is coming late in the year when the game starts to count a little bit more, that could be devastating. 
they have looked much better since the All-Star break offensively, uh, specifically the first couple of series against the Rockies and Twins at home. And the Brewers will be back home this weekend to face the Reds. So it'll be interesting to see if they get back in that groove when they come back home. So, But the runs have been there uh, more lately. That's beneficial to the team. If you have an offense that can at least be somewhat consistent and that terrific starting pitching, you got a team that's got a chance to win some games. And even in the postseason, they could be good. Now, it is obviously different when your elite starting rotation is going against the lineups that are loaded up with these bats that have been added through free agency and other means, the Dodgers and the super team they've built in their lineup, and now the Padres and the super team that they've built with their lineup, uh, almost exclusively at the trade deadline. But uh, it is, it's still essential for the Brewers in the playoffs, when you're facing that elite kind of offense, you've got to find someone who can shut them down. Just ask the Atlanta Braves all the years that they had all that great pitching and they won one World Series. And the reason wasn't that the great pitching went away. It was that the offense they had would get shut down by the other guy's good pitching year after year after year. Sterling Hitchcock is the name that comes to mind. If you're a late 90s Braves fan, that's that's a name that hurts for you. That, that was every year. Somebody like Sterling Hitchcock was shutting down the Braves offense and knocking them out of the postseason. So this combination of Brewers pitching staff that's at that elite level and an offense that at least gets it done more consistently still has a chance to do a little bit of something. It's just a little bit tougher to see it right now without Josh Hader in there for the rest of 2022. Brewers and uh, Pirates wrapping things up on Thursday. They'll be back home Friday to face the Reds. Three-game series there, and the Brewers are, are coming up on a stretch late in the season that'll be pretty important. They play some good teams, but they are backloaded at home at the end of the schedule. You're going to hear the, the, these words quite a bit in the last few months. 18 of 25. That's how many games the Brewers have at home to finish the 2022 regular season. 18 out of 25 at home. That's essential. It's it's not like NBA playoff essential, that kind of home court, home field advantage. But you're going to play in September at the end of this grind and spend most of it in your own bed and in your own house and whatever. It is beneficial, no question about it. Tough trade deadline. But still some stuff ahead for this 2022 Brewers team. We're hoping to continue to bring you the action and the reaction to what goes on for these 2022 Brewers here on the Believe in Brewers podcast. Thanks again for listening. This is episode number two. We'll check back in again with the Brewers once they finish up with the Cincinnati Reds this weekend at American Family Field. Again, my name is Kevin Holden. I'm the sports director for CBS 58 in Milwaukee and uh, and also Sundays. Uh, home games, uh, play-by-play voice in Spanish on Telemundo, Wisconsin. If you could join us for that, we would love it. But please join us back here for the next episode of Believe in Brewers. Have a good one, everybody.